Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This is going to be my talk about the Devil's Ruin exotic quest, as well as the gun itself. If you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, you can always catch me live at SayNoToRage.com. That'll bring you right to my Twitch channel. If you're watching on YouTube, hitting that subscribe button, the little bell button, liking the video, and leaving a comment is a great way to support me. Thank you to all the people that have been doing that, leaving the nice comments. I appreciate you very, very much. So... The Devil's Ruin Exotic Quest. We're going to hear a lot of, um, of, of mixed reviews on this one. Uh, there are people that thought it was cool and creative and fun, and there are people that thought that it was terrible and way too short. Uh, split down the middle, and I, I can understand that. You're either going to love this one or hate this one. You're either going to find it you know, neat and quaint and fun, or you're going to find it to be very, very dissatisfying. I do want to say I feel like most of the criticisms of this exotic quest are coming from you know, top 10% players who basically don't have anything to do because they, they they spent the first month of the content really, really burning through it and playing a lot and they're kind of starved for something new and when you're really, really starved for something new a morsel like this isn't going to be that satisfying. It feels like the rest of the player base it's a little bit maybe more not casual because they're, they're unskilled or they don't play that much but I think the people that are a little bit more casual in their sentimentality and a little bit more casual in their desires they seem to enjoy it just fine. They like the dialogue. They thought it was fun, cool or whatever. So I, I do think the split in the community is getting a little bit of a, an unfair representation because I feel like the top 10% players, the ones that play the absolute most, the most hardcore, they also tend to be an overwhelming majority on Reddit and forums and Twitter and Twitch. Like, if you're playing a lot and grinding a lot and really, really kind of getting to the end of the content earlier than most, uh, it does kind of feel like you're more likely to be the type of person to be on Reddit or the forums or all the different places uh, because you're just, you're a more dedicated player. So I think we get sometimes an unfair sampling of response to this type of thing when that happens. So I'm going to talk about what is the quest. I'm going to open up with that. What is it? That won't take very long to outline. Uh, then I'm going to kind of give my feedback on the quest, what I thought, um, you know, and, and in general, like what, what, what I think of what other people are saying. And then I want to end by talking about the gun. Uh, the gun is cool. I actually think it's really, really neat. I want more guns like this. It feels a little borderlandsy, you know, it feels a little bit more like a borderlands gun. So what is it? Okay. So the quest is you got to play one run of sundial, any difficulty doesn't matter. Uh, you can play it on normal or the new legend mode that came out. Uh, if you're comfortable running legend with your team, you might as well knock it out on legend and get yourself your pinnacle drop. And then you get the quest. The quest then takes you to twilight gap and there's some good dialogue happening there between Shax and Saint while you're walking around looking for these 12 robots. Uh, that can be a little frustrating because they're kind of hard to find. There's a couple little, you know, they'll sneak past you when you're walking around. Um, <laughs> and so that's it. When you're done, there's also, there's actually pretty significant dialogue at the end. I don't think they should have given you the option to leave. I'm worried that a lot of people are going to be like, oh, mission complete. And then they're going to bounce to orbit because uh, the dialogue that follows between Saint and Shax I thought was really, uh, really, really cool. Um, I, I loved, I loved the way that they set it up. I love the way that they, they kind of joked back and forth. They also made little comments and, and funny remarks about the Redrick's broadsword and the revoker. I, I loved it. It was kind of neat to get a little bit of a, they broke the fourth wall a little bit, making jokes about, uh, Redrick's claymore, no broadsword. And then, you know, making jokes about like, what's, what's the lore behind the revoker and all this stuff. And Shax is like, it's a gun. It shoots bullets. Like, that's it. Like, I thought it was good. The singing was even kind of comical. Um, I, don't think they should have let you skip that i think they should have made you uh listen to that 
Um, they should have made you stay and listen to that. Now, look, the reason that I like this is, in my mind, if you're going to give a quest in $10 season, I think making it fun and lighthearted like this is totally fine. Keep in mind, we just came off of Season of the Undying and Shadowkeep where the Divinity and the Xenophage were significantly more complicated in their quest design and they required you to go into aspirational content like the raid and the dungeon so I think it's okay to periodically have exotics delivered like this and that's what I want to talk about next the quest like the criticisms of the quest and thoughts on the quest not every exotic quest is going to be equal to the last we have exotic quests all along a spectrum exotics are delivered to you all along a spectrum sometimes at the lowest end of the spectrum they give you something like area Ariana's Vow or the Symmetry. They just give you the exotic in the season pass. Then you have ones like Thunderlord that don't require that much. Then you have Devil's Ruin. Doesn't require that much. And even, not only does it not require that much, it doesn't take hardly any time. Then you have exotic quests that are like the Whisper and the Outbreak. You gotta go into like a a specific, it's got its own dungeon, its own area. You had the one for uh, the Bad Juju. Then you have exotic quests like the Thorn that are grindy and they take a while and you gotta get like specific types of kills in the Crucible and you know, then you got exotics that only drop in the raid and I still don't have a freaking anarchy, you know what I'm saying? So exotics are all across the spectrum. So I don't think we need to approach every exotic quest with a, oh it should be like this. I think a lot of people are making the mistake of arguing from a particular vantage point in the game and I've been saying consistently the last couple of days because the dialogue from a lot of streamers I don't find very helpful I'm probably going to do a video about what's been going on lately I think that if you're in the top 1% if you play more hours than 99% of the community and you play at a skill level higher than 99% of the community most of the content is not going to feel challenging or hard or long enough for you you're going you're going to beat it quicker and beat it easier and even if this devil's ruin quest would have lasted 3 hours or required a couple of things each day it would you know it wouldn't it would have mattered to the hardcore player you still would have burned it down in one one or two play sessions when they brought back the sleeper, I remember being disappointed that people got the sleeper like day one of Warmind. I was like, oh, they should have trickled that out. It should have taken longer. I felt like the sleeper deserved more respect. But at the same time, this is a $10 season pass. They're, they're not wanting to make the exotic you know, make you pull your hair out and be long and tedious. Anytime they do long and tedious exotic quests, a lot of the same people that complained about this one being too short complain about how long it's taking them to get the kills in the Crucible required. Also, there's another exotic quest coming that apparently has been data mined and seems like it's going to be quite a bit more grindy and take a little bit more time. So for me, I don't think the hardcore community will ever be satisfied uh, in general because it's either too grindy or too tedious and they don't want to go into old content or it's too short. I think Bungie made the right call here. I think doing something that was fun and lighthearted and had cool dialogue uh, was the right call. I also think the gun is is kind of dope. So let's talk about the gun next. I think it looks and sounds and feels really, really nice. I love the animation. I love the sight line on it. I, you know, the way that it like opens up when you're charging it and getting the little laser beam to come out i think the gun is very very enjoyable people are figuring out ways to use it in crucible i really liked it when i ran through sundial with it especially because it's a good weapon on its own but then it's also good for the unstoppable so it's kind of nice to go into the sundial and not have to run a bow or a scout with unstoppable i got on a nice little saucy you know 
nice little saucy sidearm it feels really really good it feels like a little 1k voices you know a lot of people have said somebody in chat said they nicknamed it the 100 voices i think that's kind of funny uh i think we need more guns like this i do i think we need more guns like this i you know looking at the 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 champion mods and the champion pain point i love the idea of like here's a gun that can like ariana's vow can do popping of the shields and this can do unstoppable and then you had let you know leviathan's uh, breath can do the unstoppable i think this is better than the the bow if you're wanting to get unstoppable and have a gun worth using uh and then you had the divinity for overload i would love to see more guns like this come into the game maybe all future exotics should have the champion modifier intrinsic i'm not quite sure what their thoughts were on symmetry it was doing i think unstoppable or anti-barrier i forget which one it was doing and then they took it away um I think any new exotic should maybe have that intrinsic. They should also consider the rest of the exotics in the game either opening up and saying, hey, the champion mod slot is available on all exotic primaries or say, you know, we're going to do a quality pass on all exotics. Every exotic is going to get some form of champion modifier so you could go to things like the cold heart and that could do overload or you could go to something like the scouts and the pulses and give them unstoppable i think and you know and you could do anti-barrier on you know prometheus lens i think that would be fun to go and give them all something intrinsic or give them a slot to where you know you can you know slot the uh the champion modifier on there i know like cold heart and the prometheus lens are secondaries they're not primaries but still i would love to see more of that presence in the game i i like the idea of bungie creating a pain point and saying here is something in the content that you have to get past and do and then they give you a tool to do that i i like that i like the idea of i'm changing my loadout and my gun to meet that pain point. I do think opening up champion modifiers to the entire primary loot pool would be better and then week to week change the modifiers to say this week bows are stronger against champions. This week sidearms are stronger against champions to make you make those pivots in your loadout and make things feel fresh. Overall, I think the gun is fun. I thought the quest was cool. I know people are going to rip me and call me a Bungie apologist and say, you know, this game is dying and Bungie's delivering crap and the quest sucked. That's fine. I I don't really care about about people that go to those great lengths to either insult me or the content. I thought it was enjoyable and again it's attached to a $10 season where we're getting a lot of stuff and I think this was just one more sort of hey this is kind of for everybody and then maybe the next one won't feel that way. Maybe the fusion rifle will be a little bit more grindy. We're going to go to question and answer next if you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify or watching on YouTube. You can always catch me live at saynotorage.com as always. Please like, share and subscribe. Thank you for listening to or watching their episode of SNTR Presents. This is going to be the question and answer session that followed my talk about the Devil's Ruin exotic quest as well as we talked about the gun. If you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, you can always catch me live at saynotorage.com. That'll bring you right to my Twitch channel. Those of you that watch on YouTube, the like, subscribe, and the bell button, and leave in comments. It's a super helpful way uh, to help my content out. I appreciate all of you that do that. We're going to jump right into the questions here. Uh, Sharadsky says, regarding your earlier Q&A on weapon mods, do you think that it is worrisome to see the staggering perk being added to Devil's Ruin, assuming that it would be moving further away from champion perks being more general to fit all weapon types? Well, no. I was saying this earlier. I would like to see all exotics get a pass. I mean, I said it in the video. Do a pass on all the exotics. You know, give Prometheus Lens anti-barrier. Give Cold Heart um, overload. You know what I'm saying? Like, 
give all exotics a pass if they're not heavy i guess you don't really need to put them on a heavy weapon um well you, you know actually no we do we have a Le- we have leviathan's breath that's a heavy weapon with a built-in unstoppable so they could do a quality pass on all exotics to give them an intrinsic champion or they could say yeah all exotic primaries can use the mods now so if you want to run the the, the, the mida or you want to run the huckleberry or whatever there's a slot for the champion mods i also think champion mods should just be universalized you should just be able to use a champion mod on any primary in the game week to week i should be able to i should be switching my primary according to modifiers in the content like this week bows are stronger scouts are stronger pulses are stronger this week against champions so you're switching your primaries according to that week to week it keeps the content fresh and you can just slap the modifier in there and then if you don't like running a bow because that week bows are stronger and you're like i don't really care i'm going to continue running unstoppable or anti-barrier on my hand cannon you're you're able to continue engaging with the content you're not having to switch your primary the entire season if you want to use a champion modifier that's my feedback to bungie is put the is put the the champion modifiers on all primaries and then if you want me switching up my loadout week to week use modifiers in the encounters to make me incentivize the switch of like oh i'm gonna switch it stronger this week people are gonna get really freaking tired of running a bow and a scout all dadgum season if they want to do something unstoppable that's why devil's ruin's nice it's like well if you need unstoppable run devil's ruin if you're sick of running a bow um, so I think that the champions themselves and the mods are good, but they haven't landed in an excellent way. It's just like, oh, that's a good idea. Yeah. You know, periodic pain point. You got to engage with the pain point and use your weapons to think through it. But I don't think it's landing in an excellent way because if you don't like scouts, pulses or bows, you know, you don't want to run the mods and in a match made environment like sundial, you get matched with a bunch of people that just don't want to run the mods and that can hurt efficiency people are in there like not running you know any of it and I think you would increase some of that you know people running the mods and playing efficiently would go up if it was a little bit easier to just be like well he's running a he's running a, a hand cannon with with unstoppable or anti-barrier he's not he's not getting the damage bonus this week from the modifiers like I am I'm running a bow or whatever but at least they're engaging with the pain point so I think it could land in a better way if they were to uh, if they were to expand it and not have it be so restrictive. Uh, sweatpants. How would you feel about adding champions into raids? They're already there. Uh, maybe mixing some of the other things from 980s like match game. You think something like that would promote an easy way to add some difficulty to the game? Well, I mean, Garden has champions in it. You might be talking about the other raids. Even add champions to the card, possibly. Loot pool for scaling difficulty. Yeah, I mean... In general, in general, if you're going to go into raids again, there could be other things to add some difficulty. The, the, the main issue is, okay, the people that want raids to be harder are a tiny, tiny minority. Most people that engage with raids do not come out on the other end and conclude, well, that was easy. What a joke that was. Let's go two-man it. Almost nobody comes to that conclusion in the community. So there's a very small number of people that are like, dude, I want raids to be way harder. That's just not a that's not a common uh, sentiment in in the community. So I think that contest modifier would be good to do what you're saying. Maybe add more champions, but also add that delta where everything's a sword. 
And then that would be a great way for Bungie to say, hey, now you can run raids for non-powerful drops. If you're trying to get a god roll on a gun or a pair of gauntlets or boots or whatever, you can get you know, non-powerful drops in contest modifier. That's not going to satisfy the people that want the raid to kick them in the nuts, but it is going to satisfy the people that are like, I would like to run the raid more than three times a week for more drops. You know, globes. If trials returns, do you think a paywall would be the correct way to do it as it would prevent cheaters? There are three things that need to happen to prevent cheaters in trials. I trotted this out weeks ago and now other people are saying similar things. I'm just getting accustomed to that. No one will clap me on the back because, you know, anyway. Uh, I said that it needs to be a paywall. You need to own uh, that season. You need to own that season. And then number two, there needs to be a light level. Diff- like, you have to hit 950. Number three, a two-week staggered quest. Okay? Now, to the legitimate players, that's not a concern. I'm 950, Trials is launching in two weeks, no big deal. I go to Saint, do my quest for the week, make it pretty simple and easy, and then I gotta wait till next week. And then I go and do my quest again with Saint, up, no big deals, uh, got it done, and then I come back the third week and then Trials launches. It would not hurt legitimate players at all, but if you cheat and you get banned, you come back in, create a new account, you have to buy the season. Buying the season again is not a huge barrier because most of the people cheating are selling carries, they're selling recoveries, so they make the money back that they have to spend anyway, okay? So, if they get banned and then you got to spend to get back in, then they got to grind to 950. That's probably a two-week grind to grind the 950. So they got to grind the 950. Then when they're 950, now they can go grab the quest from Saint or Osiris or whoever, and now they got two more weeks they got to wait. You're putting a month barrier between the cheaters and jumping back into trials. That would really hurt them. And if they're trying to make a living by carrying people and cheating, number one, they're going to keep getting they're going to keep getting banned. So if they start doing recoveries and they're cheating, then they're going to lose business because the people are going to get re- account recovery cheat, and then they're going to get their account banned, and no one's going to want to spend money. Oh yeah, here's money to carry me to the lighthouse, do a recovery, and then your account gets banned. They'd have like four or five simultaneous accounts. Yeah, but Mike Quad, that would mean, that would mean from moment one, they'd have to have multiple accounts that they're grinding to 950 and doing the quests. That would be absurd. The amount of hours to do that, that would be absurd, homie. They could only have, arguably, they could probably have maybe two or three accounts that they've done that with. That would be absurd. If, if somebody's doing that, challenge accepted, says Flame. <laughs> if somebody's doing that, then, you know, let them. Let them spend every waking moment of their day grinding to 950, doing a staggered quest. That, you know, and then all of a sudden they're like, man, I just, <laughs> you know, I just, I just now can jump back in. I got banned again. You know, a staggered quest could be annoying. No, it wouldn't. No, it wouldn't, Globes. For legitimate players, who gives a frick? If Bungie comes out and says, hey, Trials is coming back. Last Friday this month, it's coming back. And for the next two weeks, there's going to be a quest, very easy quest to grab from Saint-14 or Osiris or whoever. Make sure you do those quests if you want to jump in to Trials in three weeks. And they remind you every week, every time you boot up the game, boom, Trials is coming. Boom, Trials is coming. Make sure and get ready. Make sure and have your, you know, make sure and have your yourself ready so that you, you know, you're doing the quests or whatever, right? 
And then if if they get banned, they got to go through all those hoops again. Now, all of this, all of this is is a is barrier. It's it's more defensive than preventative. We need preventative measures. People need to be getting bopped immediately. Like I don't understand this. I don't understand how there aren't internal mechanisms that fire on people like right away. Like this person's teleporting. This person's kill death seems absurd. This person just won 28 games in a row. Like what is going on? You know what I'm saying? Their scores, their win ratios, their kill ratios should be triggering some type of an alarm system. Now to that, to that idiot that was using his alt account to DOS people, uh, that, that like locked his Twitter and I basically, I guess he's not going to stream anymore who like claimed he got banned erroneously. And then Bungie responded to him and they were like, yeah, we did a lot of investigation here and your ban is not being reversed. You were using other accounts to knock people offline and you're Dundee. You know, suck it, you loser, by the way. Absolutely suck it. Suck the whole thing. Like, totally deserved. But they said in that response to him, there were like multiple layers of checks before they pulled the trigger on this guy, right? They, they, there were multiple layers of checks before they pulled the trigger on this guy. Why? Well, I mean, you just, you gotta be sure, you know? And in this case, he was, he was, he was knocking people offline, right? He was knocking people offline and and that's I think maybe harder to prove than someone using like a bot or like an aim bot or like a wall hack. So to me like teleporters and aim botters and stuff I'm like, how are you guys not catching this like right away? I understand with this, he was using alts and knocking people offline. I get that. I okay, you got to do some you got to do some um investigation on this person. But it's like there are players that can run numbers and check leaderboards and stats and show you like this guy, this guy, this guy, this guy, this guy, this guy. And, oh, and this guy here, like they they're, they're cheating. You know what I'm saying? It's like, how do you not have something pulling the pulling the trigger on these guys internally? If these guys were getting bought quicker and more severely like because it's easy to look at stats and game game history like it's not that hard if layman players can do it how do your internal engineers not not hit this and see this i don't know what's going on i don't know how it all works internally to me there needs to be preventative measures like defensive measures are one thing like okay if somebody makes a new account we've got these defensive hurdles where you got to level up to 950 you got to buy the season pass you got to do two weeks worth of quests or whatever you know what i mean like i don't know you guys are still you guys are still stuck on me saying suck the whole thing <laughs> it may, i just pictured i just pictured that movie with uh where it's it's called identity and it's like all the different it's all the different personalities are John Cusack's in it and the one scumbag guy gets a baseball bat just shoved down his throat that's what I pictured in my mind just picture my mind just suck the whole thing buddy you deserve it like wham just a baseball bat down his throat uh, so not quite as uh, not quite as sexual as you guys took it but uh, <laughs> oh you guys are idiots Lone Walker eighty one. Do you think that the bug that overflows the mag uh, may be a function of the catalyst? 
it's possible it's it's possible that it's a hidden perk it's possible i don't know um you know i i I honestly don't know why it's happening but they haven't commented maybe we'll hear something today in the twab about it they're they're usually pretty quick with that sort of thing um you know to come out and say uh we're gonna lock this or uh that's not intended so i i think i think we'll know fairly quickly if this is an intended thing or not if people are like what are you talking about you can do um you can do a charge with the laser and if you like let go at the last second you can like do it again it like refills the mag or something uh you can do the similar thing you can do a similar thing by just shooting it you can shoot it all the way down to one bullet and then charge it and then it fills itself back up so you can do the laser so you can be like pew 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 and then you go and it refills itself i i don't think it's i don't think it's a, a broken thing i don't think it's an accident and it's pretty tough to be consistent with so roger young let's say we get a new raid before september how do you think bungie will handle it from a financial standpoint Putting a raid into a $10 season wouldn't really make sense because the raid would basically be free. Should it be part of the shadow key. I mean, here's the thing. When you buy a season pass, they don't have dollar amounts on, like, it's not like they have line items. They're like, okay, well, $2 for this and $2 for that and blah, blah, blah. They don't do that. So you're not, I, I, don't, I don't think we need to even think of it in this realm. Um, I, I certainly wouldn't. I would just think of it in the realm of like, uh, uh, you know, I wouldn't. I wouldn't think of it in that realm. I don't think they're looking at it and saying, "Oh, the raid, the raid needs to equal uh, a certain dollar amount on the pass, or or something like that." Like, oh, we have to recoup that cost. It cost us this amount of money to make it, and we got to recoup that cost. And season pass is only ten dollars, so it's quote unquote free. Here's the biggest concern I have about doing a raid in $10 season pass content. The main concern I have is one of perception. The perception being the perception being I spent $10 and a significant portion of the season pass content is a raid, right? Imagine imagine Black Armory being $10 and you only would have gotten one forge and Aedas frames and then Scourge of the Past. I think it would have been somewhat legitimate for people to be like, hey, most of us don't even play raids and we just spent $10 and there seems to be more raid content than base level content. Now, I'm not saying that's a reason to not give us a raid during a season pass. I'm just saying from a perception standpoint, I think Bungie has to be careful. Number one, I don't think they have the bandwidth to do it anyway. I think you're going to get one raid a year. They made that very clear from D1 to now. If you're going to get a raid more than once a year, it's small or somebody else is building it. And I would just say one raid a year. Now, I think a better approach to this would be a raid NPC. The raid NPC's rank resets every season and... We used Garden of Salvation as an example. I think this season, the raid NPC could have had some rank rewards. The more you run the raid, the more you rank up the NPC, and there's rank rewards, like late season rewards of like cool ornaments for the guns or the armor. Um, And then you could also have bounties at the NPC that you do in the raid. 
and then you could have two weapon frames. So if you're really trying to get a gospel or maybe you really like the bow and you really want to get a god roll, they're giving you the ability this season to really pursue those two weapons. And then next season, you reset his rank, some new ornaments for his guns, you know, in the raid, some new ornaments for the armor, and then some new weapon frames. So what would happen is, Shadowkeep lands with Garden, and by the time you get to the summer of this year, you have everything. Every ornament, every god roll, you are done with Garden. Does that make sense? So I believe an NPC with a seasonal reset, frames, and ornaments, and... This is where you could even take some of the things that people said, like, oh man, Eververse clearly has stuff that should have been in the raid. Well, the Harpy Shell could have been a seasonal reward for Undying. Then you could have that um, that, that Sparrow that looked like the Divinity. That could have been this season's reward. So, by the time you get to the end of that year, you're like, I have everything Garden has to offer. I have all the ornaments, I have all the guns, I have all the god rolls, I'm done. One raid a year would work if you were to do something like that. Now, somebody might be like, well, what if I miss Season of Dawn and I want those ornaments? Okay, the ornaments could always be available from the past season. Like, if you want to buy them or earn them, they could always be available. Like, okay, if in the spring season you you get high enough rank, you would unlock all of the ornaments up to that point. The two from last season and the two from this season. But the weapon frames would rotate season to season as kind of like that sense of like this season if you really want a good gospel you better be grinding those frames you better be going into the raid um i think this would be uh an answer a little bit an answer to the people that want that end game loop grind and personally i think you would pair this you would pair the raid npc idea with contest modifier the only way you're completing these bounties and completing the frames and earning rank for those ornamental rewards would be to run the raid with contest modifier on. You're combining a couple of things that endgame loot grinders want. A little bit more challenge and a reason to run that challenge. A loot incentive to run that challenge. The more and more I think about it, the more I see is like a really, really good capstone to the overwhelming amount of bounties in the game would be a greater sense of progression with an NPC. You rank up the NPC by playing, and they could balance us a little bit by saying, okay, bounties are still going to give pretty good XP, but we're also going to start giving XP for activity completions, so when you're running contest modifier raids, yes, the bounties are helping, but completing the raid is also helping and leveling up the NPC to give people a better sense of, like, it's not so... It's not so bounty heavy, like only bounties. It would be more leveled out. And then you would have that sense of, I'm investing in this piece of the game. Raid NPC, the Crucible NPC, Zavala, the Vanguard NPC. These are all NPCs that you would feel that sense of seasonal investment where you're getting rewards for the higher rank, you're grinding for better rolls on the guns, and you're getting like testimonies of your investment. Like your your armor ornaments and your gun ornaments become a testimony. And then the casual players cannot look at that and complain. Because it's right there if you want to do it. You can grind the NPC and do it. It's right there for you. And it's and it's it's decorative as well as like a marginal reward. Like the difference between a god roll and a good roll is marginal, and a god roll is more of a trophy to the to the hardcore player than anything. It's like this is exactly what I wanted. So you're not keeping the stuff out of their reach. You know what I mean? You're not keeping the stuff out of their reach. You're giving people a reason to stay in the lane. And you're giving people the reason to grind week to week, month to month. You'd want the progression 
to be reasonable. You know what I mean? People people hit obelisk level 11 like it was nothing like that grind needed to be short because it's attached to a seasonal grind that's that's going to go away but i think a seasonal grind in an npc could afford to be a little bit slower you know slipknot people always want uh to seem to want more super interesting exotic quests like whisper or zero hour but that would be a huge waste of resources it seems people get annoyed if it requires something like playing gambit they get annoyed if it's too short or too long how can Bungie walk a fine line with these types of people? Uh, it's darned if they do, darned if they don't kind of a situation. Right, and uh, this is why I said in my talk, I said there is a clear variety of exotic delivery. The really, really low-level exotic delivery is Ariana's Vow, Symmetry. They just give it to you. Then another low-level exotic delivery would be Devil's Ruin or the Thunderlord. You, you, bar- barely any requirements for you to earn it. Then one step above that would be like exotic quests that are grindy, but you know you're going to get it, right? Whether it was Ace of Spades or The Last, uh, the last Word or Thorn. Tedious, grindy, but you're going to get it. Then there are dungeon exotics like Whisper and Outbreak, that, as you say, takes a lot more resources, or like the bad juju. Um, so, I, this is why I'm like, you can't have a... You can't have this sort of like, well, oh, and I left out um, Divinity and Xenophage, where there's like a puzzle, aspirational content aspect to it. You gotta go into a raid or a dungeon or something. I left that aspect. I left those exotics out. That's another type of exotic delivery. So you can't approach an exotic quest and be like, it should always be like this, or it should always be in this way. It's like, there's no reason for you to expect that. Bungie's made it very clear they're going to give you exotics in a variety of ways. Sometimes it'll take you literally nothing to get it. Other times it's going to be crazy. Like you got to go into the Garden of Salvation raid and like make a star with your team and like walk and hold hands with laser beams and like memorize, you know, memorize sequences on the ground and stand on plates. Like the Divinity Quest was wild, awesome, and cool, but you. Every single exotic quest can't be like that or the whisper or the outbreak. There there is no standard in the game to ingratiate this idea in your mind that like oh an exotic quest should be long grindy and crazy cool. It just they've made it clear they're not doing that. Not every exotic is like that. So Slayer X. Do you believe much of the backlash on Tuesday came from Bungie calling Devil's Ruin an exotic quest? By definition, a quest is uh, a long search for something difficult to find. Not true. That's your definition. This sets expectations. Maybe calling an exotic mission would have been better. I disagree with this. The exotic quest to get a number of guns has been ridiculously simple. Thunderlord was only time-gated. It was not, as you say, a long search for something difficult to find. No, that's your definition, homie. That's your definition. Are you, come on, Thunderlord, really? Come on. I, I get where you're coming from. I don't disagree. When they put it on the calendar, people are like, oh, oh man, we're going to get a quest. And it's like, well, not really, right? Well, not really. But some quests come in, you know, different shapes and sizes than others. Thunderlord was free, though. That's the actual dictionary definition. Oh. 
Well, but that doesn't mean that doesn't mean that every quest in Destiny has to be rigidly defined as a long search for something difficult to find. That means a ton. That means a ton of quests in Destiny have not been quests. <laughs> Do you know what I'm saying? Come on. A long or arduous search for something. Yeah, if that's the dictionary definition, then there's been plenty, there's been plenty of quests in Destiny that have not been a quest. <laughs> Do you see, like I don't think we need to run to the dictionary to be like, well, you know, uh, it was a long search for something difficult to find the robots. <laughs> yeah. To be fair to Slayer's question, I do think when you put it on the calendar, there is pe- there, there is an expectation set of like, this will have a certain layer of substance to it. But Bungie has proven a couple of times now that they're going to put stuff on the calendar that probably shouldn't be there. An exotic kind of needs to be announced, right? An exotic probably kind of needs to be announced. Like, hey, I think what they should have done is they shouldn't have announced this one. Because on the calendar, you had Legend Sundial. Everybody boots up, runs Legend Sundial. What the frick is this? What? A gun? What? And they go to the they go to the they go to the map. Find these robots. What? Did you hear that dialogue? That was hilarious. Oh, this gun's cool. I think it would have been better if it just kind of showed up. I think Bungie continues to learn some of those lessons like you shouldn't have put Arc Week on the calendar. You probably shouldn't have put the Undying Mind on the calendar. You probably shouldn't have put Devil's Ruin Exotic Quest on the calendar. I'm 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 not going to disagree with that. I think sometimes maybe Bungie needs to realize that like certain things just shouldn't be on the calendar because people are like, oh, I'm going to fixate on that and look forward to that, right? Arc Week, Devil's Ruin Quest, you know, etc. I'm going to fixate on that and look and look forward to that. And then Bungie's like, you know, Undying Mind. And they're like, yeah, um, sorry, this is really just filler. There's not much here, you know? And, and I just think sometimes calendars should be reserved for more of the, like, it's it's got more substance. Because as Eugene is saying, it's just a release date. That's what it's becoming. Like, we have to, I guess, at this point, set our expectations. Like, even Legend Sundial. Here comes Legend Sundial. Oh, sweet, it's on the calendar. I'm going to fixate on it. I'm going to look forward to it. And we get in there and we're like, what the frick is this, Bungie? Right? I would push back on what Eugene is saying. Do you look forward to Columbus Day? I would push back and here's why. It's marketing, okay? It's marketing. It's not your mom's calendar in the kitchen that has like penciled in swim lessons and stuff. It's not, that's not what it is, okay? It's a calendar that's used as marketing. You go to bungee.net, you click on the season. Here's the schedule this season. Here's all the dope stuff happening, right? I don't think it's fair to look at that calendar and to act like some things can literally be bland, boring announcements and other things can be raids. Like, I think it'd be better, it'd be better to take certain things off the calendar and either have it be a surprise or have it be in the TWAB or something. Hey, next week, we've lovingly dubbed Arc Week. We're going to have a lot of Arc-themed things going on as well as all these quality passes on Arc sub uh, subclasses and abilities. Oh, cool! Instead of putting it on the calendar. Do you see what I'm saying? I think sometimes they could afford to pump the brakes and be like, now, wait a minute. Do we really need to put this on the calendar? Isn't this going to kind of make people fixate on it and like look forward to it? And if they are going to fixate on it and look forward to it, like, I don't know, after a month of grinding Sundial, is it unreasonable for people to be like, Legend Sundial is going to be a, a, a step up for the activity. By Joe, it's going to be great. Uh, it's going to be, it's, it's nothing. It's terrible. The modifiers suck and there's no real reward. Like, you see what I'm saying? 
if they know if they know that we're we're going to fixate on it and look forward to it maybe they should consider bumping certain things off the calendar and using the internal notifications when it's like hey next week blah 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 and the twab and their twitter and everything else I, I think there could be I think there could afford to be some nuance where Bungie says you know what we should maybe take certain things and just use Twitter and the in-game announcements and not put this on the calendar and I would say Devil's Ruin could have been a surprise and it would have been a lot more exciting come on man are you going to act like that would have been celebrated streamers would have been like oh this is so cool we had no idea this was going to happen today it would have been a good distraction from the disappointing nature of Legend Sundial and they would have been like dude the dialogue was so funny all oh, this gun's so fun See what I'm saying? I think it would have been a nice surprise, like that extra Christmas present behind the piano. Like, oh, this one. Mango with the juice. After having some time with the new sidearm, it seems like bullet registration is a bit off, but the laser is so cool and satisfying. What are your thoughts on it? As I said in the talk, I think it feels good. I like it. I mean, I don't know if there's hit registration issues with it. I didn't use it that much. Millerman. I love where Bungie has gone with when it comes to intentionality for drops. However, do you think that they should dial back intentionality for exotic weapons, and if so, how? I don't have a strong opinion on this. I, I really don't care if everybody gets it. I really don't. I don't. What good is it to have weapons like the Anarchy and the 1K Voices that you can run the raid 50 times and never get, and your buddy gets it his second try? I don't think that that's good. If I'm going to compare and contrast player experience and and value transmission, all right, value transmission of something like this and something like the Anarchy, I'm probably just going to pick the ones that are like, yeah, it's, it's just go do it. It's not that difficult. Everybody kind of gets to enjoy the weapon. It's probably better to do it that way, honestly, than like the zero intentionality. You can go months and never get it, you know? Anarchy and 1k voice drop rates are still stupid. I mean, it's just it's just too low. They're not even relevant raids anymore. It should be, as Beer Pie saying, 25-30% drop rate, something like that. What's Anarchy? <laughs> uh, it's the grenade launcher from Scourge of the Past, the exotic grenade launcher. Morgan's baby daddy. Hey, Lono. How do you think Bungie could expand on the customization of our character more for the eventual D3 launch? Do you think customization is in Destiny as it is peak with Armor 2.0? No, I think they're experimenting with the scope and the size of what a transmog system could look like in Destiny. I also think they're experimenting with like what ornamental systems could look like in Destiny um, with respect to customization. Uh, shaders are kind of all over the place. Um... There could be a better shader system, you know? There's just too many. Uh, I also think we should be able to rotate them so their color application kind of flips around. Because sometimes you're like, ooh, this shader's, you know, red, white, and black. And it puts white everywhere. And you're like, I wanted red everywhere, not white. I'd rather white be a highlight color instead of the main color. And it'd be cool if you could rotate the shader to do that. Um, Other than that, I think customization's going in a good direction. Captain SRAS. Do you think it was met uh, with much criticism that all exotics on the last season's roadmap had substantial quests attached to it? Do you think it would have been better received if it wasn't shown on the roadmap? Yeah, we basically just talked about this, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to glide over your question, and I think you'll understand why. We just kind of went round and round on that one. Vortanamo Bay. In regards to Hard Sundial, Legend Sundial, why do you just... Um, why not just allow both Firewalled and Matchmade mode like the Halloween event in the forest? Wouldn't it be better to allow us to choose um I've had some subs come in JPE Morgan was 6 months that's half a year and 5 months from Snake Doctor thank you 
here's the thing if you're gonna put matchmaking on it you gotta remove extinguish you just do I don't think you can have a six man match made activity with extinguish I just don't think that would work you'd have so many people trolling don't don't even act like you wouldn't people would go in and throw and AFK and everything else uh, I don't think you could have uh, extinguish in a match made environment um, and the minute you remove extinguish it becomes easier which then makes it hard to justify a really good loot incentive like I, they're just they're stuck between a rock and a hard place if they make the content too difficult then they can't have matchmaking and it's not accessible if it's not accessible they can't put a ton of great loot in there so they get kind of stuck you know I outlined all the things I thought they should have done with legend like Legends is the only place you can get the extra perks on the guns that you unlock at level 92 on the season pass. The only place you can get the extra perks should have been reserved for Legend. And one armor drop, like grab one armor drop of your own choosing. I think that's enough to warrant running Legend, and I think that would have squelched a lot of the criticism that most of us trotted out with, which with, with, which was that there's no loot incentive. It's another piece of aspirational content with no strong loot incentive. Roll your D with 31 months. Thank you for keeping your prime sub here. Hockey Dan. More of a personal and off-topic question here, but if you were to design a raid, what location would you put it on? I don't even really know. A couple of my raid ideas consisted of, uh, I want a tank fight. I want a cabal tank fight in a raid that would be really, really challenging and hard. I think it'd be cool to send out um, cabal majors that have, um, you know, their shields, uh, the phalanx shields. Maybe a slightly bigger version, and you got to kill the guy, and you got to grab that. It would be kind of like the relic for the fight, and you have to grab that and hold it, and ching 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 ching, and it like spreads out this uh, this shield, and you have to do that to protect your team from this wave blast. So you remember in War Priest, you would like stand behind a shadow to survive. I think it'd be cool and a little bit more like ad- adaptation on the fly. You would have to kill that major he would drop his shield that you'd have to have your shield bearer grab that then somebody else would have to grab like a cannon or something and you have to synchronize shooting the tank with the cannon to cause it to become unstable when it becomes unstable it creates this massive explosion and then everybody has to hide behind the shield holder like and you got to plant it you like you like slam it in the ground and it goes ching 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 like comes out and then everybody gets behind and it survives and then you got to go again and after you survive that maybe you go into your damage cycle or something um, that to me would be a really fun environment. I think of Scourge of the Past final boss fight, a big open area with a lot of freedom and a lot of movement. I think a tank fight could be like that, like big open area fights like that. I love the final fight in Scourge because it doesn't feel like anything else in Destiny. And my idea that I just outlined would bring back the idea of specialized roles. You need a shield holder. You need a cannon runner, right? You need people that are good at those things or can get into the right positions at the right time to do those things. Um, I really, really like that. I, I thought I always enjoyed having specialized roles in Destiny 1 raids. I thought that was fun. Um, so that's a raid boss fight that I came up with. Another raid boss fight that I came up with, which I don't know why they didn't do this, Scourge of the Past, the first encounter, you could have done Phase 2. You know how you go into a room like Eater of Worlds and Phase 1, that mechanic is the same mechanic in Phase 2 when you actually fight the boss? Scourge of the Past, same deal. The first encounter, the second phase is very similar. You're, you're, you're getting these balls and getting these, these tanks or whatever. So Phase 1 and Phase 2 are related. I would have done a Phase 2 in that opening encounter in the city because the city's dope. I would have had what we do when we shut down that network. I would have had 
a defender come out to be like, you know, what's going on here? Like, what are y'all doing? Like, he comes walking out some big giant tanky boss, and then you do the same thing. Somebody's got to grab an orb to slam the map so the map doesn't blow up, and then somebody's got to take an orb and hit the boss with it to take his shield down, and you have little damage phases. So you're doing the same thing. You're calling out positions for the city. You're going and doing your berserker busting, dealing with the berserker like cooldown. Like, so not not everybody can grab the balls every time. Calling out the ball locations, and then having to converge on the boss for good damage cycles that would have been awesome you had the environment you had the mechanic just literally have a big boss walk out and kind of stand there he could have been a dumb prop he didn't need to be an amazing boss (coughs) yeah kind of like the entrance to wrath he could have been kind of a dumb prop that just kind of stands there and shoots at you um that was another idea i had i would have loved to have seen us actually fight the wrath of the machine um the the siege engine we didn't fight the siege engine we blow its face off and then we ride it and then we fix it that fight still to this day confuses me <laughs> they're like oh my gosh look at this fight look at slam in the ground you're like oh the siege engine holy crap and we blow its face off and then we ride it and then we repair it I, it's so weird um i love the encounter of the siege engine because there's nothing else like that in destiny but as a concept i don't understand it Personally, I thought what should have happened is the siege engine should have fell off and went in the water, and then when we got inside, we should have gotten blocked. Uh, you go to run into the room where like the glowy lights are, and you drop down in, and a door should slam down, and another door should open, and the siege engine should be in there, all SIVA-ified, like SIVA grabbed it and covered it in SIVA and kind of repaired it, and then you have to actually fight the siege engine and dodge the big slams from the ball thing and all this other stuff going on. That would have been a fun fight, just literally a giant wall of the siege engine that you have to fight. Um, would have been a really, really good Wrath of the Machine feels a little light because it does feel like you're kind of missing a boss fight and that would have been another way to you have two phases of Vosik, right? The outer phase and the inner phase Siege Engine would have two phases the the running phase and then the fighting phase and then the, when you're in Axis's room there'd be two phases as well the phase with the servitors and the things on the wall and then the fight of actual Axis it would have been a beautiful like balance and harmony within the raid of like, oh you fight every boss basically kind of twice um but it's always easy hindsight's 2020 right it's always easy to be like this was great but you guys could have done x y and z you know i love the tank fight idea um with the cabal i think that'd be really really fun especially in a big open area ginger 300 a bit off topic but do you think that they need to make charge with light more intrinsic to the game right now you need at least two seasonal mod slots for it to work one to get charged another to get the buff you think that means to get the charge with light should be in the game naturally and buffs i don't have a strong opinion on this and the reason i have a strong opinion on this is if you want to min max and get benefits there should be painful decisions attached to that like swapping your gear or or requiring you to to to, to wear certain types of gear um, I, I think would be I think would be really really good. Um, I would I would much rather see uh, that happen as opposed to you know just making it super super easy. Um, I don't know that to me that to me would be better than you know I I I just remember the times where you would get like hand laid stock and you knew hand laid stock was going to give you great stability but at the cost of range. Or braced frame was going to give you really, really good stability, but it was going to shorten. It was going to shrink the size of the cl- of, of the mag or whatever. Um, 
so like I, I don't know I like those decisions where you're getting a benefit by all, while also losing something and I want to be really careful with something like this that they've built if you make it too easy it becomes less important and, and no one ever really cares right no one ever really cares BCB should heroic or legend difficulty have players locked in and unable to leave and strand others in the middle of those activities what should heroic or legend difficulty have players locked in and unable to leave and strand other players in the middle of those activities I don't know what you're asking here if people want to quit an activity you gotta let them um there's nothing you can do about that also it teleports people forward if they stay in the middle I think it does. It teleports them to the middle and then out of the middle. So it moves people forward. Look, if people are going to AFK and they're not going to do their jobs, um, that's one of the reasons why in difficult content, they don't like doing matchmaking. That's the exact reason why. Well, one of the reasons why. Romano Cheese. Do you enjoy missions like Devil's Ruin or that one Cade story mission where the purpose is to get about X amount of headshots and collect 30 materials? Just good dialogue and storytelling, less bounty-style progression? I... I as I said a little bit ago, I'm fine with the variety and spectrum of exotic delivery. There's not one particular way that I think is the best. Sweatpants. Do you think reworking the campaigns as the guiding light for new players would help? How do you feel about them removing exotic rewards from the camp uh, for, for the campaign? I think they should add them back. I, you're writing really, really long, elaborate suggestions that are your own, and you just want me to like say yay or nay. So I, I'm just moving on. You, I don't, I don't appreciate questions like that. Too specific, too down in the minutia, and you're writing a book, and you, and you're doing the classic like, here's five lines of text. It's an elaborate idea I thought of. Thoughts. That's not really a question. Ginger 300. I think Dado made a good point about this quest. He said something along the lines of, would this quest have been better if you had to do generic stuff like get X amount of sidearm kills and gambit? Do you think people would have complained less if there was generic stuff to do as well? Well, that's what I mean. We've we've gone round and round on this. Like it is. It's a it's a they're they're darned if they do and darned if they don't. Like if it's tedious and long, people complain. If it's too short, people complain. I err on the side of just let people enjoy it and get it because it's a $10 season pass. This isn't Forsaken. This isn't Taken King. This isn't Shadowkeep. So I don't think we need these exorbitant quests that are really, really hard and long to complete, which again, people tend to complain about it anyway. I mean, look at the catalysts. You know, those all take forever and that's people tend, tend to complain about them because they're really grindy and long. Edinburgh. I was surprised to hear you mention data mine content when discussing content coming in the future. Uh, is it now fair game to use data mine info interchangeable with roadmap content? I don't. What did I talk about being data mine? Oh, the exotic quest for the fusion being a little bit longer. Well, I was simply pointing out the spectrum of exotic delivery. I wasn't saying that data mines are 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 like interchangeable with roadmap content. You're you're jumping over a whole lot of argumentation to come to a conclusion that I think is grossly unfair. I never once indicated at all to any degree that data mine content is equal to roadmap. I was simply saying that we've got one on the way that apparently according to data mine stuff's more grindy. We've had quest ones. We've had, you know, dungeon style exotics. I was just pointing out that there's a lot of different types. That's all I was arguing. Um, I don't know if, if, I feel like sometimes people are hungry to find inconsistencies in my argumentation because I've typically said don't take data mines very seriously because data mines have been wrong. 
I, I guess if this is your attempt to put me on blast for referencing data mine info, I I don't think you've succeeded. Um, I also don't think you've succeeded in capturing what I said. I did not say that data mined info is equal to roadmap. Snow Ravens. I really like the quest, especially the dialogue. Do you think Bungie will be reluctant to do this type of quest again based on reception? I think to a certain degree, Bungie doesn't care what the top 1% think. I really don't. I, I think they do and they don't. Like, they care, but they also don't care. Because I think sometimes they're like, I think sometimes literally Bungie's like, okay, Devil's Ruin Quest, let's launch that. And somebody's like, you know the hardcore players are going to say this was too easy. And they're like, yeah, that's fine. I, I guarantee you there's, there's discussions like that at Bungie, right? You know what I mean? They're like, oh, that's fine. I, it, that, doesn't, that doesn't matter they, we can't always make them really really hard we can't always have xenophage and divinity style quests we can't always do outbreak and whisper quests like, that's fine like they're not in the dark it's not like Bungie pushed out devil's ruin and thought oh man the hardcore the hardcore community is going to love this so sweatpants says my question was more based off of the discussion from earlier about golden boy and new players I added my own thoughts to it because I wanted to know what you think the answer would be to help new light Well, as I said earlier, I don't know if you were here for it, I think New Light players do need a little bit of assistance, like streamline the process, maybe every season New Light players should be a little bit higher, so in Shadowkeep a New Light player was 750, this season a New Light player should be 800, just give them a little bit of a bump, streamline the leveling with respect to like, maybe have it really really bumped by playing through the campaign and give them UI like lead points to do that. Uh, but as I said earlier as well, I think new light players that are really low level and can't quite figure out how to level up or navigate all the menus and the, and the campaigns and stuff. And then the 1% players that want really insanely challenging, hard, long content, they're on the edges of the community. I think Bungie's more focused on that, that middle hobbyist, faithful, loyal players. I don't think they're focused as much on either extremes in the community. You got a new light player that can't seem to navigate leveling in the campaign in the UI. It's overwhelming to them. That's no shade, right? I mean, Alex is a friend, and he, you know, he was tweeting about how it's kind of confusing. It was a lot. It was overwhelming. There's a lot of stuff going on. So you got Golden Boy jumping in the game, and he's kind of like, "Holy moly, this is a lot of stuff." And then you got guys like Glad that are beating everything with the blindfold on and one-handed and, and, and one man, two man, no man, beating all the content. Like those people are on the edges of the spectrum of the community. So generally speaking, a ten-dollar season pass isn't going to land significantly on either of them, and that's Bungie's main focus right now is landing a $10 season that is satisfying to most players and by and large I think season pass campaign missions, sundial exotic quest, accessible exotic quest, I think those tend to land on way more players than it misses I think it misses the mark on the top 10% 1% hardcore players, it does it falls a little bit short for them they grind it like crazy for a month and they're like I don't have anything to do now And then you got the low-tier players that are like, I can't figure this out, I'm not high enough level, I'm just going to keep running pubs and public event stuff or whatever. Both edges of the spectrum, more than likely, are not the target of seasonal content. Because, number one, the low-tier players aren't even invested yet. So it's not targeted at them. Sundial and grinding for guns and grinding for god rolls and maximizing the obelisks, that's not targeted at somebody who's low-level and just got the game. It's not targeted at them. 
the target audience is the hobbyist player the people that are in the mix and at the right level you know at the right levels a9 says do you think destiny will start adding more combinations of weapons like we're seeing with the devil's ruin if so what kinds would be cool rockets bows hand cannons bow linear fusion bow why are you attaching everything to a bow um i would say we don't we don't always need it to be exactly like this but i do think it'd be cool to have i've always argued for more futuristic weapons i would love to see legendary trace rifles i would love to see fusion rifles get a lot of love I would love to see swords and linear fusions get some love. They got, you know, linear fusions are, aren't too too bad right now. Um, Cause they just feel more sci-fi. They feel more futuristic, you know? Uh, Bird of words. Thank you so much for the brand new sub. Enjoy your dope badge emotes and the ad free viewing. Thanks for the sub, man. If you guys are sick of seeing ads on Twitch, you can always sub and you will not see ads when you're here. If you've enjoyed the segment today, we've got a bunch more questions. We're going to keep on going, but if you've been enjoying your time today, it's like an interactive podcast that you can lurk to, listen to, play to, take it to work, have it running when the kids are around. I'm safe for work. I'm safe for families. Uh, If you've been enjoying yourself, remember to click the follow button and turn on notifications so you don't miss these streams. Vorktanamo Bay. What do you think Bungie's reasons are for locking us to specific weapons that use artifact mods and not allowing artifact mods on exotics? Um, you think the intended make exotics irrelevant? No, 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 no. I think that they're trying to have you focus on the new stuff. They want you trying out scouts and linear fusions and pulse rifles and bows to mix things up. You grab bounties from the gunsmith, you grab them from the the vanguard, you're getting bounties for scouts, pulses, bows, and linear fusions, right? That's what they want you to focus on. Like, they're trying to keep things fresh, and as Luke Smith said in the past, they like having seasons of dominance. They like having stuff in times where you're like, man, oh man... You know, I, I, they keep switching the weapon pool around. They keep switching stuff around. I, you know, I, it's, it's always different. There's always something new. There's always something new going on, right? There's always a new weapon meta. There's always a new this. There's always a new that. I think they like that. And I think this is one way of getting that to happen. I have pushed back on it and said, open it up so champion mods can go anywhere. And then motivate me to change my loadout week to week with modifiers so this week I'm going to run a bow because bows are stronger against champions in sundial and then next week sidearms are stronger you see what I'm saying I think that's a better motivator for people to change their loadouts they're just trying to keep things fresh people tend to tend to get stuck in a rut and run the same weapons all the time and I think it's a good way to be like hey you know, shake it up try some things out you know especially that new linear fusion it's it's sexy and linear fusions feel pretty good right now light leap are you hopeful that Destiny 3 has a unified vision and is not built on a broken concept? I'm worried Destiny 3 was already being built when Bungie separated from Activision. Do you think four years is enough to build D3 and a new engine and with a unified vision? Well, Luke Smith knows what it's like to take over a game that's that's not in good not in a good place. Okay, because he he took over for Destiny 2 a couple months after Taken King's success. They put him in charge of Destiny 2. That was probably not very fun uh, to have to deal with. So, given that history and his knowledge of that, I would not be surprised if when they broke from Activision and they put him in charge of the franchise, they halted all production of D3 and just said, stop. Just stop. We have got to figure all these things out first. If you look at that dry erase board in the one vid doc, I mean, they're scoping out like five and seven years like they're thinking really really long term and what they're doing now is building that framework 
So no, I don't think they're like deep in the throes of building D3 and they're like, well, it's going to be another failure because it's not anything like what people are asking for. I think he said, nope, stop. No, we, we've got to figure out what, scalability and customization of armor. How are we going to do it? Scalability, customization, and grind for god roll weapons and weapon systems. Like, how are we going to do that? He said that they, they want to do all kinds of things with weapons, but they're not doing it right now. All those things need figured out, and then that's your framework for the next game. I believe over the course of the next year, they will be slicing people off to work more and more heavily on D3 in light of everything they know. Does that mean we're getting dedicated servers and a new engine and all the things we're hoping for? I don't know. I don't know how much time. If they can figure out how to build this game in another engine, that could net them efficiency because you could build, you can world build faster and do things a little bit quicker in other engines. Tiger's not all that agile. The engine that they build in is is slow. It's clunky. It's not very efficient. It's outdated and archaic. It's wonderful. It's really crisp and pristine. Bungie has created the most satisfying shooter in existence. Nothing feels as good as Destiny. Just nothing does. Titanfall 1 and 2 and Apex come close because Respawn have done amazing work with their gun feel and mechanics and movement mechanics but like nothing feels as good as Destiny so the engine is great but it's also really really hard for efficiency so if they pivot to a new engine they may net development efficiency in the long run but is that enough time if they start right now building the next game and they can do it in a new engine and that grants them development efficiency is that enough time all this year and all next year i don't think so i don't know when d3 is going to land i've consistently said 2021 but i don't know i really don't know if you really really want the game to land and be excellent and amazing you would almost want the game the game to land in 2022 not next year 2021 the year after But again, how much can they squeeze out of D2? There's just no way to know. And the further you get away from next-gen launch, current-gen being PS5 and uh, the new Xbox that are landing holiday season this year, the further we get away from those launch dates, the more justifiable it is for Bungie to be like, it's not launching on the old systems. It's another thing that would potentially hold the game back, is having to build it and scale it for the old systems. Xbox One and PS4 are dinosaurs at this point i i don't i know that's tough to hear they're dinosaurs man they in the realm of technological advancement computing power pcs gaming all of it the xbox one and the ps4 are freaking dinosaurs and you can't keep building stuff for them anymore You've got to start to move on. You have to start to move forward and ahead because saturation rates of the new consoles will hit and then people are not going to want to run a game that feels dated and held back. So, Unreal Unreal game development takes three to five years. So if they start now, they could publish in 2022 at best. If they have to publish the game next year, then the game is mostly done right now. Right. And then that's concerning because that means we're not getting a new engine, which means we're not getting dedicated servers, which means the game will continue to feel less and less relevant to the, to the modern landscape. Smart Shark. I would have liked to see maybe additional perk added to the gun, something along the lines of demolitionist, something to warrant having a sacrifice in exotic slot, which is occupied by Izanagi's burden typically for myself. Do you think Devil's Ruin is perfect uh, Perfect the way it is? I like it. I think it's fine. I think you can't... Not everything can be at the level of, 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 of an Izanagi's, right? 
Izanagi's is is the god tier, you know, weapon, you know, boss buster right now. I think sometimes it's nice just to have a really really good mid lane uh, you know, meat and potatoes weapon. Like I love the cold heart for that reason. I love the Prometheus lens for that reason. They're saucy, they're unique, they're strong, they're adaptable, but you're not really you're not really maximizing your your boss DPS with them. That's why having strong legendary heavy weapons is so important. The minute we got strong legendary weapons and machine guns, they're not so hot now. They're quite they're quite a bit weaker for boss fights, but grenade launchers, that really liberates me to feel like I can run exotics. Because I can run on a, a legendary heavy. I think linear fusions are close. That new linear fusion with rapid hit and firing line, when arc and heavyweight are on, it feels really, really good. And I feel like I can run something like Devil's Ruin because I don't need to run 1K Voices or or Whisper or Izanagi's. Like, I feel like I can run something else. Isn't D1 still on an engine? Why would they? Uh, why would they continue to maintain it? I think eventually D1 will stop being like maintained and allow, and, and they'll shut the servers down. Eventually, they always do that with old games. Flying mangoes. Do you think they should have released the next exotic before this one? Uh, we now have a few weeks of nothing in the roadmap. Can't help but feel the longer grind quest would have been better placed this week. I, you know, we can always look back and say, woulda, shoulda, coulda. I don't know how helpful that is. I mean, they launched at the same time as Legend Sundial. I think they thought Legend Sundial would carry the hardcore, like, excitement, which was not the right thing to think, because I don't think the Pinnacle Grind is all that exciting anymore, and I also don't think that's a strong enough reason to run something with just a super long laundry list of negative modifiers, you know? Like, I, I, I rattled it off yesterday, and I mean, I w- it was tongue-in-cheek, but at the same time, I was like, you know, I was like, who wants to do this? This is so many negative modifiers, and for what? And then, even if you do want to run it, what? You run it once a week, and you're done. You, ru- you, you run it once a week, and you're done, and that's it. You're like, well... I got my I got my pinnacle. I'm done. So it doesn't have a whole lot of it doesn't have a whole lot of staying power. Uh, in notions, do you still believe the exotic should be replaced by pinnacle weapons? This was in one of your previous talks. Oh wow, yeah, I remember this was my position was that we didn't really need exotics. We needed pinnacles to allow more freedom in our loadouts. Um You know, since they got rid of pinnacles, I think I got my way. If they would have kept if they would have kept pinnacles in the game, I think my position made sense. You're making these guns so freaking strong, you know, then get rid of exotics and then maybe only let us carry one pinnacle or something. Like I was like, then pinnacles should be pinnacle. And that ultimately the reason I came to that argument was because like pinnacle weapons were exotics like mountaintop and recluse those were exotics come on call a spade a spade those were not legendary weapons and so back then i was like oh that'll give them more freedom in the loot pool you know you don't have to do all this restrictive stuff and also you can make more adjustments to the weapons then like exotics are so unique and so specific a lot of the times they're not worth running or they're way too strong and then bungie has to nerf them uh since they got since they got rid of pinnacles, I think it's fine to leave exotics in the game now because now you don't have a muddied a muddied loot pool. Now it's blues, legendaries, god roll legendaries, and then exotics instead of blues, legendaries, god roll legendaries, pinnacles, and exotics. I think pinnacles were disrupting 
the sense of like there's a hierarchy in the weapon pool they were disrupting that because they were basically exotics in disguise and that's why I was like well then just get rid of exotics and have these be the pinnacle you know weapons on the pyramid it's just Normac I know this isn't a major concern but regarding the Twitter post on a shader 2.0 system that guy's that guy's little tutorial uh, that guy's little video is really cool do you think it should uh, this should belong somewhere on a priority list for Bungie as a small suggestion let us flip the shader around uh, and apply to all option flip the shader around where'd you hear that idea anyway um, <laughs> uh, no I don't think this should be high on any list anywhere it's not that important right now um, people aren't going to spend $10 and come back month to month week to week day to day for a cool new UI shader now here's the thing if you have a team that's always combing over the UI and the menus and stuff and that's something that they can work on great but I don't want them to pivot away from anything else to focus on that that to me is not a front burner issue the player base is not sustained by a really good shader menu it just isn't it's sustained by content loop and grind and loot pursuit and and ritual activities I, I, so I would say I would say I would love to see that happen I've consistently said we should be able to rotate shader application so as I said a little bit earlier the red lands in the right spot but I don't think it's a front burner issue right now. I'm not going to be like, Bungie, you should do this right away. This should, be, this should be high on the priority list. There's so many other things that need to happen in this game to maintain itself and to keep people playing and to keep people happy. I am Prout with 23 months. So close to two years. Thank you. And then SC Souther. Thanks for using your Prime sub here. A brand new sub. Enjoy your dope badge and emotes and ad-free viewing. If you guys are sick of seeing ads, you can get no ads when you're here on my channel if you sub. Uh, Griffith the Owl. Would you rather see the Destiny 1 faction system return, or would you like them to expand upon the D2 version? Uh, I think a hybrid of both. I've outlined a hybrid of both would be really, really good. They're always active. You can always grind and level your rank with them if you have your allegiance to them. They could have weeklies, dailies, and repeatable bounties. Not more bounties! Oh, shut up. They could have weekly, uh, daily, and repeatable bounties, and then when a rally shows up, there's two weapons for that week you can try and grind and get a god roll for, and then they go away. So there would be that sense of rhythmic urgency, like once a month there's a rally, and you're grinding like crazy to try to get the good rolls, and then the second time the rally comes back, those weapons become available all the time, and two new weapons get introduced, you know. That's how I would do it. You, they're always there. You can always level them up. They'd have a seasonal rank. They'd have a ship and a ghost and a sparrow that looks like Dead Orbit and New Monarchy and Future War Cult that you can grind for for that season. So you'd have a seasonal rank and a reason to grind them all season. And then the rallies would be like a hot focus time that you can introduce new guns. That's exciting, right? That's exciting. All of a sudden, Faction Rally happens and there's six new guns in the pool to chase and then they go away. And then the next time Faction Rally comes around, there's six new guns again to chase and the ones from last time just kind of rotate down are always available as a frame or something. So there is rhythmic urgency when they first show up, but eventually they're available all the time. So like, those people that missed out or didn't get a god roll can finally get one, it's just they have to wait a little bit. I think that maintains the urgency and the injection that rally bought while also bringing back their presence and their consistent grind sense and seasonal sense that the old factions had as well like i think it would combine the two into a good system dante was six months thank you uh did i miss that cdr prince lunch today maybe we're getting close to the end of q a here side quest with the next question 
The Whisper and Bad Juju quest seems to be wasted space right now. Same could be said for Shattered Throne. How would you revive these areas and give incentive for people to try them out? My one idea would be to place more raid-like banners in these areas for solo players and small fire teams. Um, here's one of the things that... Here's one of the things. I would say that everything is wasted space once you're done getting the rewards. And I I get it, right? When you have the whisper or the outbreak in a, in like a small dungeon, it's essentially like a low-key dungeon. Once you get it, you're kind of like, well, that content's dead. I don't have a really great idea on how to resurrect that. I really don't. How do you repurpose the whisper mission or the the bad juju mission? I honestly don't know. I honestly don't know. Because they do spend a bunch of time developing it, and then it it does kind of become sit, you know, it becomes relegated to the dustbins um, by a lot of people. Uh, but maybe they could do something with, um, you know, a seasonal ornament or something like, oh, we have an ornament, a new ornament for the outbreak or the or the juju or the the whisper, and you can get it to drop by going and running those old missions. I just don't know if they'd want to do that, right? Number one, that's still not much of a grind. That's like grind until you get it and then you're done. That's also content that they, that's also stuff they know they can sell. They can sell ornaments that pay for future content, like when they sold the Whisper ornaments. Um, So we know that the Whisper ornaments paid for the Outbreak Perfected mission. So it's kind of like, I don't know if I want them to start taking stuff out that makes money for future content so that you can get something that's honestly pretty poultry. Like, it's not a new mission. It's not new content. You're running something you've run many times before and you get and you get a one-time drop. You get a, And then you're done, right? When it's a binary drop right, like that, right? You run it, it's a zero. It's a zero or a one. That's why I say it's binary, right? It's either a zero or a one. You run it two or three times, four times, five times, zero, 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 finally drops, done. I don't know. I, I honestly don't have an answer here. Usually I can come up with pretty uh, pretty elaborate ideas of like, oh, here's how they could repurpose old content. I really don't know what you would do with the Whisper mission, the Outbreak mission, and the Bad Juju mission. Those three missions are good, they're enjoyable, they're unique, and there's no reason to run them once you have the weapons. So, I don't really have a good answer. Zvan Zvanik. I assume this has been discussed, uh, but I just noticed... One of the Season 9 Triumphs says, Defeat Inatam Legend or higher. Do you think this means that there's a higher difficulty? We've gotten this question a bunch. I don't think we can conclude anything from that. It could be default text. It could be old, like they wrote that text a long, long, long time ago, and then they scrapped going higher than Legend. It, 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 it's hard to even really know. Uh, it's hard to know. I'm not going to draw any conclusion. Um, I'm not going to draw any conclusions from it because, um, you know... It's one of those things where it's like, it could be generic text, it could be a mistake, it could be somebody forgot to go back and change it when they scrapped going higher than legend. Gritter. For myself, I did the quest blind, without videos, and without a fire team. Is it a fair for people to say Devil's Ruin quest was easy and fast for everyone? It took me a while without help, but still fulfilling without needing a streamer video to beat it. Would you agree this type of content is good introduction to players to try more quests blind without help? Well... We always say that people that use Reddit and YouTube and Twitch and all that are a minority, and I think we have to be consistent here. I don't think tons of people go use guides and quests, uh, quest guides and stuff for stuff like this. I think they enjoy doing it by themselves. And I do think this is more in a lane for 
average players just kind of like get and not really think through um but I also don't think like this is a way to get players accustomed to doing lots of quests without help. I don't think that's a significant problem in the game, right? Well, this is low-hanging fruit and really easy to do. This will get people more accustomed to running quests like this. I, I don't know if quests are a great idea. We don't need a ton of quests quantitatively every season because quests aren't loopable content. I think loopable content, grindable content's better. Uh, you get more bang for your buck. Release the truth. Has there been a confirmed D3? Do we have any info on it? The only confirmation about D3 is that they're not presently working on it or focused on it, but they've never said anything about how they're not building it or they have no plans to build it. When it's come up, they have basically said, we're devoting most, if not all, resources to Destiny 2. Smart Shark. I would love to see Devil's Ruin get Grave Robber as its catalyst. Uh, What do you think or would you like to see from the catalyst for the gun don't have a strong opinion here I you know I, I personally thought catalysts were going away I don't think they're necessary I would much rather have the gun uh, be cool out of the box than give me tedious homework or a weird drop rate in a weird part of the game uh, it, to me it doesn't make a whole lot of sense honestly um, to, to to do that with with cat I, I, I thought catalysts were going away Um it's one of those things where I just I just didn't think that that was going to be a needed and continued value point. So I thought they were actually going away. Um, so I don't have strong opinions on what catalyst uh, what catalyst should do or what they shouldn't do. Guardian down. Is it possible that Devil's Ruin quest was surprisingly short because it's only a sidearm? <laughs> I mean, I don't think that's why. I think they just do different types of missions. Uh, Shad Berserker, do you think it would be make sense to add content uh, to Shadowkeep that doesn't leave in addition to the season? That way they could add harder and grindier content for hardcore, but casuals can still complete later as it doesn't disappear. Well, you're ignoring everything that they've said. This is why I got so frustrated with the streamers that were complaining. It's like, you can't ignore everything they've said up to this point like Luke Smith says last annual pass was really really hard to maintain as a, as a, on a, it was hard on our company classic gamer thank you for 31 months they you know he says it's hard on our company the next stuff's not going to be as substantive right they also talked about how there's technological challenges to just adding things eternally to the game so like we can't ignore that stuff I, I just I feel like that's what so many people are doing right now. They're ignoring the fact that we no longer have Activision. We no longer have that revenue. We no longer have High Moon Studios and Vicarious Visions. We we are no longer you know having that bandwidth and that publishing funds. We heard from Luke Smith specifically that the last annual pass was really difficult to maintain, and that this stuff's going to be not quite as substantive. And 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 we've also you know have it on good authority that you know there's technological challenges. They basically come out and said there's technological challenges to just adding forever to the content. So it's like, yeah, like you can have this opinion. That's fine. But like, they just, they can't do this. They can't. So we can always say, oh, it'd be great if they could add nine raids a season and 18 different strikes and really substantive missions that last a long time. It's, but there's no point even having that discussion because they can't do it. So as far as being like, it'd be better if it was harder and grindier and it stayed around for a long time because then then people could get to it later if they're more casual. There's just no point even having that discussion because they've made it clear that's not going to be happening. So it's just a completely fruitless conversation at that point. They're giving us what they can every three months 
and that also means since they're delivering new experiences and new activities every three months that they're going to have to start rotating stuff in and then back out of the game jet boy is it just me or saints questions to shacks about the pinnacle weapons a hint to new pvp guns he himself will introduce Oh, I have no idea if that's what they were hinting at. I thought it was more just tongue-in-cheek kind of joking about a lot of the pinnacles. Gale Play. I have a hard time remembering which guns work versus certain champions. Do you think something like certain elemental type immunity would work in D2? Champion mobs could be immune to Arc Void Solar? No, I think immunity... I, I, I hate match games, so I don't want more of it. Um, if you have a hard time remembering, I don't understand. It's literally an icon. Like, you can look at your weapons and see the icon of anti-barrier unstoppable or overload and then the icon is above the enemy's head like i i don't know how much easier they could make it gail like to me that seems pretty straightforward um now if you're like oh i can't remember which weapons can use the champion mods your inability to remember that is not a need for them to completely create some new system of immunity like look at your artifact maybe i'm not trying to be mean but this is seems completely unnecessary they they've created a unique pain point it's really really easy to see in the game really really easy to see in the heads up display what gun that you presently are carrying has it like they put it down there next to your ammo so executioner speaking of factions do you think guardians should be locked to one faction per season or armor set or do you think it should be an idea to have the collector play uh do you think it'd be a bad idea for the collector players out there this is another one of those times where I think people argue for something that generally most of the community would hate, right? So people would be like, "I." Pe- people argued about faction rally back in the day. The choice should be meaningful. One faction a season. That All three characters, one faction a season. I don't care. Your warlock, your hunter, and your, and your titan are all future war cult if that's what you pick. It should be a meaningful decision. This is a lot of the same argumentation and thinking from the people that thought that thought infusion needed to be an action instead of a reaction. It needed to be painful and slow and blah blah blah. And Bungie has shipped that sentimentality down the river. Nothing in the game is like that anymore. Thank freaking goodness, because it was turning people off from the game. So, in a similar vein, people were like, "Faction rally should be a meaningful decision." Listen, I no. <laughs> No, it's not that important. It's not that serious. Let people chase what they want to chase. If I make my Titan dead orbit and I max out dead orbit one month in, let me rotate him to another faction. Why the frick not, right? Why the frick not? Why limit it? So then I'm done, right? Halfway through the season, I'm like, well, all my players have everything from dead orbit since Bungie makes me lock into dead orbit for an entire season. I can't switch off. I can't switch off a dead orbit. Why, why do that? What's, what's to be gained? You're ultimately limiting grind for hardcore players anyway. I mean, the only justification you could maybe make is, well, they'd get more capital out of Faction Rally then. Next season, you know, you'd have to, you'd have to basically take it one season at a time, and that would extend the Faction Rally content. Yeah, okay, I guess, you know. Or after I have everything after one or two seasons, I just stop caring about it and stop paying attention to it. And then there's seasonal updates to the ships, the shaders, and the ghosts and stuff that I can grind for. But outside of that, I I just think I just think that that certain sentimentalities are no longer getting traction in the discussion, and you're seeing these people get frustrated by that. 
They're talking about the lack of content. They don't like drip feed. They're running out of things to do. And it's like, yes, when a new season starts and it only costs you $10 and you play eight hours a day, after a month of that, you're going to run out of stuff to do. And that's not an indictment of the content. That's indicative of your play style. You are playing a lot and therefore you are running out of things to do. The sentimentality that leveling should take long time and infusion should be costly and that things like faction rally should be an important decision and it lasts for a whole season and, you know, there should be really hard, really challenging content. And th- that sentimentality is just is not going to get representation in $10 seasonal content. It just isn't. They're targeting the majority of the player base, and when you're the top 1%, you are, by definition, not the majority of the player base. Therefore, $10 seasonal content is not going to land on you if you're asking for really meaningful, slow, hard, grindy, challenging content. It just isn't, it's just not the case. You are, by definition, not the majority. If you play more than 99% of the community, and you're higher skilled than 99% of the community, you're just you're not going to get content that's at your level. You just aren't. And I went on a big rant this morning. There's nothing in the game that has ever set that expectation. Because from Vaults of Glass to now, Bungie's aspirational content always becomes easier once you know what you're doing and have a good team. Like, nobody, after five years of Destiny's pattern, should be sitting here saying, where's my really hard, insanely challenging, only 1% of the community can really get it done content? Where is that, Bungie? What the frick are you talking about? There's never been content like that in the game, ever, in five years. They've never set that expectation. You're creating that expectation because you're anomalous. You are a minority. You are a, you are a, you are a percentage point on a piece of paper. You are one percent of the player base that will never ever be satisfied by what they give. It just won't. Raids are easy a week or two later. That's how it's been since Fog. Like dungeons are easy a week or two later. You know, hard nightfall content, nightmare hunts. Once you're at Delta and know what you're doing, they're easy. It's just the way that it goes. It's, it's always been this way. If you're continuing to have this expectation that like we should have really meaningful, hard decisions like picking a faction or there should be really challenging content or leveling should be painful, I got news for you. You are out of step with where the game has come. You're just out of step. Leveling's easier. Infusion cost is given to you on the season pass. Season pass and the artifact has made leveling super easy, super accessible. They haven't casualified the game either. That's the other mistake people make. They're like... I just played for a month, eight hours a day, and I'm out of stuff to do. Man, they really casualified this game. Did you did you forget what you did for the last 30 days? Because you didn't play like a casual. You played like, like crazy, and you burned through all the content. Like, it took you a month to get here. You got all your obelisks maxed, your season passes maxed, your artifacts maxed, you got god rolls. You're doing all these things, and a month in, you're like, man, I, I'm kind of bored. Man, they've really casualified the game. Are you freaking kidding me? The work that it took to get where you are right now was not casual. It wasn't. That's just such a mistake that people are making. Just because there is an insanely hard, challenging, like crazy Delta, hardcore content every season, you can't conclude they're casualifying the game. Do you want to know why? There's not some pinnacle time, some amazing time in Destiny that was drenched in really challenging, really hard content. There's no ideal that they brought the game down from and casualified it. it's, it's It's not true at all. The aspirational content's right in step with where it's been for the last five years. If anything, they've made it less casual friendly because there's so much to do every season. You have to try to keep up. 
it's 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 honestly not really where a casual can can play for two hours so we can get everything they've got to play quite a bit to be fair start of forsaken was hard well, and a lot of people would look at Forsaken in the annual pass that followed and say, that was a great time. Last Wish was so highly delted that only two teams built beat it in the first day. Data was two minutes behind him. So three of the best teams in the world were the only teams to beat it within a day, right? And then the leveling was painful and slow and the infusion was painful and slow. But it's clear from Bungie's decision making from Forsaken to now, they don't agree with the streamers and the hardcore players and the one percenters that were like, I want leveling to be slow and painful and infusion should be costly and content should be really hard and challenging no bungie doesn't agree with you and neither does the community why because they introduced ease of access to enhancement cores and then they introduced uh more sources uh no i'm sorry not more sources for enhancement cores then they introduced uh surge bounties then they lowered the requirement to get in, i'm sorry they lowered the requirement to get into the first forge then surge bounties then 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 surge quest to catch everybody up then they get rid of the leveling difficulty like spectrum and slide by basically lowering um the the soft cap, making leveling easier. They add the artifact. They add the season pass. Everything they've done from Forsaken to now has been a removal of all the things the streamers argued for. Make Escalation Protocol harder. Okay. And then they had to dial that back. Make leveling and infusion costly and hard. Okay. And then they had to dial all that back. (laughs) Give us really crazy high delta content where people that find loopholes in leveling have an advantage in and okay and then they dial that back and they use contest modifier to to level the playing field in a raid race you see what i'm saying it's not casualification you want to know what it is it's the removal of bad input that's what it is they're not casualifying destiny they're removing bad input They had input from people that play at a level that's not representative of the player base at large, and it scaled down terribly. It just scaled down terribly. People just couldn't keep up. Every season they were behind, player base numbers would dwindle so fast, so fast, because you couldn't keep up. So the streamers got their way, but the truth is, back then, you go back to all those videos I made back then, I would rant and rave about this, they argued for pain points and slow leveling that they didn't even experience as pain points and slow leveling, because the hardcore players were hitting max level in the first two weeks anyway. They would do everything they could to get around the pain point of leveling. Why? Because painful slow leveling sucks and your hypocrisy is seen as plain as day when you do everything you can to get around slow leveling so you're max level in two weeks meanwhile the rest of the community feels like they're on a dadgum treadmill so they're not casual fine the game they're removing really bad input they got from people that argued for sentimentality that was too narrow Right? That's not those that's not the streamers' faults, by the way. Bungie took the input, took their feedback, and just overcorrected. They made they it was just way too hard to get into the content. Way too hard. Way too many hurdles. That's why the player base numbers in PvE are so strong right now. The player base numbers in PvE are stronger now than they were back then, because people aren't coming back and getting slapped in the face with garbage leveling and expensive infusion. They're like, I can just play and have fun. I don't have to go into game modes that I don't want to go into to level. Then I can just level by playing, right? I can just level by playing. So 
That's ultimately what's happening, and that's why you're seeing this sort of, like, public outcry and discontent from all the people that argued for those things, because their influence and their their ideas and sentimentalities are not getting represented in the game anymore. And do you want to know why that's probably a good thing? Because no shade, no offense, they don't represent the player base at large. The player base at large, as I've said, you got to come to grips with this. The player base at large is mostly, mostly casual in their heart. They might play a ton. They might log in a bunch of hours and get all the guns and level all the stuff up, but they're casual in their heart of hearts. Raid engagement over five years backs me on this. People living in the patrol space and the strike playlist backs me on this. The, the, the lion's share of the player base is not, is not hardcore. Now, I'm not arguing for a starving of the top 10%. You don't want to starve them. There's got to be something for them. But they have to see that the content's largely not going to be targeted at them because it's targeted at the majority because it's only 10 bucks and it's for the seasonal hobbyist player. It's not for the one percenters. It's not for the top 10%. It isn't. Now, difficulty spectrum and loot incentive in difficulty spectrum would help significantly here. But truth be told, we all know this, okay? Raids are where I'm going to go every time as an example of why Bungie's making the right decision. These hardcore top one percenters run the raid and the next week, they're two-manning and three-manning the raid like it's nothing. Right? So it's like, if... If that's the pinnacle, if that's the pinnacle and and aspirational content that Bungie can deliver and you're treating it like it's nothing and even publicly saying that it's too easy, they're not going to feed you every season. The raids have proven that they can't. They can't. They're never going to keep you happy or busy. They're never going to slow you down. You beat the snot out of a raid like it's nothing because you play at a higher level than 99% of the community. You play more hours than 99% of the community. They literally cannot get ahead of those patterns and those skill levels. It's not possible. It would be a significant mistake for them to look at the history of raids in Destiny and how the hardcore players engage with raids and feel like, oh yeah, we definitely can create aspirational hardcore loot grinds for those people that'll be sustaining. It wouldn't. It wouldn't. You could have Legend for Sundial and Master with loot incentives attached to it, and do you want to know what happened? These guys would be two-manning it and three-manning it in a week or two. They'd get all the great rewards. They'd be like, okay, what do you got next, Bungie? And in the process of Bungie doing that, they target a small portion of the community that burns through the content. It doesn't last very long with them, and they target them, and everybody else is like, we don't, we can't even do that. We don't, we, we don't even want to do that. So you just diverted a bunch of resources and bandwidth and content to a minority that burns through the content and leaves it behind in a couple weeks and treats it like it's nothing. They're just like, this is easy. Let's two-man this. Let's three-man this. Now, I'm not saying they're wrong for doing that. I'm saying I think Bungie's right for not prioritizing that section and portion of the player base. Why would you target them? They burn through the content faster than anybody else and nothing's hard for them after, after like a week. It just, it's not worth the bandwidth and the resources. It simply isn't. It simply isn't. And it's a bummer. It's a bummer to see the most dedicated, the most hardcore, the most, some of the most passionate players feel like there's nothing for me to do, but that's kind of the, that's kind of the axiom of it's lonely at the top, right? It's lonely at the top. You play more than everybody else. You've dedicated yourself to being one of the best, you know, beating stuff faster, better, more efficiently than everybody else. 
And when you do that, you have set yourself into the outer edges of the community. You're just you're not in you're not in the main lanes. You you are anomalous. You're anomalous. It's just no it's just the way it's unfortunately that's just the way that it is. I'm not like celebrating like yay, they're not giving any content to the hardcore players. I'm celebrating that more more of the player base can enjoy it and, and feels like they're represented. That's what I'm celebrating. I think that's good, which is exactly why I'm I am continuing a year more than a year now. I am staying the tide and I am pushing against that dialogue from these guys. I'm like this is a ter- this is a terrible narrative. This is a terrible narrative. Because Bungie's come so far with the game and the delivery of content in the player base right now in PvE is in such a good place. The last thing we need is these hardcore grinders and streamers to set that narrative again that nothing's hard enough, everything's too easy. No, absolutely not. We just crawled out of that gutter and I don't want to take anybody back in there. And the player base numbers and Bungie's decisions for the last 12 months tend to agree with virtually everything I've said about this. That's why that's why I stayed faithful to that argumentation. I wouldn't give up. I wouldn't stop. I was tenacious. People got sick of it. They got sick of hearing about leveling and infusion costs for me. And I was like, I was trust me on this. Trust me on this. And slowly but surely the rudder turned. Slowly but surely the rudder turned and look at the player base numbers as a result. PvP needs tons of work. So every time I say this, I want to make sure and admit that like PvP is dying for something. Like PvP is dying for something every season. They need something, but I'm telling you right now, the player base is in a much and the rhythm of content is in a much better place than we've ever been, and the narrative being trotted out by people who play way more than everybody else is unhelpful. It is unhelpful. I'm going to continue to say you running out of stuff to do after a month of hardcore play hours is not an indictment of the content. It is indicative of your play style. And until people f- understand that and maybe dial it back a little bit or accept there's going to be self-imposed droughts until you realize that we're going to continue to have this conversation that we've had for the last five years. We've been having this conversation since Taken King. I was three weeks into Taken King, loving it, and I had people coming into my stream and saying, I'm bored, there's nothing left to do. I'm bored, there's nothing left to do. And it's like, (laughs) okay, we waited a year for this $40 DLC, and you're already done. It's, it's, we've been having this conversation for a really long time. Everybody gets so excited and gung-ho. It's like, oh, it's week one. The tweets, the videos, the clips, they're getting everything first. They're playing 16 hours a day. They don't want to shut their streams down because it's good for business. And then a month later, they're like, well, what the frick am I going to do now? And it's like, as I said earlier, you wrung the game out like a rag and then you wonder why the rag's dry. Side quest. What are your thoughts on strike playlist rotation? I love running strikes, but it seems like whenever I run the playlist for powerful rewards, I get the same strikes repeated over and over. This is not a huge issue, but I do think this is similar to when Ada's frames weren't rotating properly and the Nightfalls weren't rotating properly. Sometimes I just think they need to really, really make sure that things are rotating properly, especially if you have a pre-made fire team. I don't ever feel like I have the experience you're describing, but it would be nice if it was like, hey, if you have a pre-made fire team, we're gonna we're gonna put you into a an order of strikes. Obviously, I always skip the fanatic, but you know. Commander Tyke, 
With lack of information about return of factions, what do you uh do you think that we won't see them until D3 or is there a place for them right now? I mean, I happen to think there is a place for them right now. I do. I uh, there's something right now that there, there, there's something right now that like that 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 monthly ritual that that daily weekly ritual like when you look at the the obelisk if the, if a faction looked like an obelisk like leveling benefits and perks and cool shaders and stuff I don't know that that'd be good I don't know if it's possible I don't know if they have the bandwidth to do it but it's like that'd be a great way to kind of bolster the 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 things to chase and pursue hard content isn't just for hard content isn't just for streamers though zero streamers are just a public picture of what i'm talking about if you play ignore the fact that they're a streamer okay if you zero v7 in my twitch chat right now you personally if you play more than 99% of the community and you play at a skill level higher than 99% of the community you have to accept you are outside the norm you're, it's like when your mom took you to the doctor and they're like, well, little Billy is really high on the charts. He is in the one percentile, whatever. He's in this percentile of growth. You're in that percentile. That means content will rarely be targeted at you because you're not the majority. It's a terrible business decision for them to take limited bandwidth and limited content delivery and target you. Those are just, that's just the facts of reality. As a business, Bungie is not going to devote resources, limited bandwidth and limited resources and limited delivery. They're just not going to target you. And, and as I just said, when they do target you, what do people in your condition, condition, that sounds weird. What do people in your position do? You burn through the raid like it's nothing. It's easy. Oh, I can't believe people struggle with the raids. We do it in 30 minutes. Oh my gosh. You know, we get our raids done in you know an hour and a half on Friday night. Jeez. Like, you're done. You play so fast. It's not even your skill level or the number of hours you play. Your efficiency levels are through the roof. You can burn through weekly bounties and strikes and raids like it's nothing. Even when they do target you, the content is just like vapor. Just like that, done. TX Blue. Uh, I, I had a new sub come in from Gr- uh, Grunchin. Grunchin89. I'm sorry it took me this long to call it out. It was 15 minutes ago. I got I got going on a tear there. Uh, enjoy your dough badge and emotes and ad-free viewing. Welcome. Thank you for using your Prime sub here. If you guys are sick of seeing ads on Twitch, be sure to sub. If you guys have enjoyed this, uh, my stream today, I don't I don't typically play when I do these Q&A sessions because they go really long, And uh, but it is it, even in the mornings when I am playing, that's what the stream is like. It's like an interactive podcast. Uh, it's family-friendly, work-friendly. I'm not going to be cussing and swearing and talking all kind of nastiness. Uh, if you like that, there's a the streamers that talk like that if you're enjoying the stream and the style remember to click the follow button and the uh, and to turn on notifications so that way you don't miss these streams also i've been saying this during q a because my you know the, the people that get this far into the q a won't mind me doing this if you really want to do something to support me you could go to, and follow me on twitter right now use the twitter command in chat follow me on twitter and give my pinned tweet i have a tweet that's pinned give that some love um, we're trying to get, I'm trying to get on the radar of people who plan conventions and, and, uh, tournaments and esports events. Uh, I have my agent doing the same thing. I have an agency and my agent is really trying hard to, um, to get me in front of people for shoutcasting, hosting and commentating work. And you can give me some love on that tweet. If you retweeted or mentioned people in the industry that, 
that do those sorts of things maybe they're maybe they're in charge of different events that would be really really helpful uh, to me and I appreciate all of those that you have done all of the people that have done that I, I appreciate that very very much it's a big push that I want to push this year we're also launching a huge project uh, probably end of February early March I've got Rotting Jackal and Get Wrecked Labs working on it with me together it's going to be awesome it's going to be awesome so we got a lot of things coming this year and that's one of the big pushes I'm also trying to work on TX Blue, if the season pass content leaves out the top 10%, should the top 10% skip the season pass entirely? This is a valid question. This is a valid question. And I think Bungie would never say this publicly, but they're probably thinking they won't. (laughs) We've got you hooked, right? They won't. Because the top 10% goes through this cycle every time. Nothing to do! Nothing to do. So it's just, I'm just kind of disappointed, man. I'm just, I'm bored. I'm just kind of bored. I'm just kind of burned out. And Bungie's like, oh yeah? Okay. Thanks for that feedback. A couple weeks later, they're like, hey, hey, you still bored? Yeah, I'm still bored, man. I just, there's nothing to do. I have everything. I'm burned out. Oh, okay. Well, you know, here's this, here's this 30 second teaser trailer about, oh! Oh, oh, dude, did you guys see that? Oh, there's a new exotic, you know? Saints coming back, and this guy's coming back, and I'm back in, baby! I'm back in! And then they'll burn through the content in a month. And then they're gonna get a month into the next season. They're like, oh, I'm burned out, dude. I, I, there's nothing to do, man. I'm disappointed. But he's like, oh, yeah, are you? Okay. That's fine. We understand. We understand. You know, a couple weeks goes by. Hey, uh, we got a little, uh, we got a little trailer for you. It's just 30 seconds long. It's for the summer season. And, uh, the stranger's coming back. Oh, oh, did you guys see this trailer? Retweet positivity, be in the directory, play, 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 play. Come on. Come on. It's, it, we've been doing this for five years. It's as predictable as rain falling off my roof. Like, come on. We've been doing this. We've been doing this for five years. People like, people like, do you think this is a make or break time for Bungie? No, it's not. It isn't. It's never been make or break. Oh, you're taking a break? Oh, you're bored? That's okay. Little trailer. The world just comes apart. Oh, what's that? There's nothing to do. Everybody's unhappy. Outbreak perfected. Oh, this is unbelievable. This is the magic of Bungie. This is amazing. They do do it all the time. That's why I'm never worried. I'm never worried. I look at those player-based numbers. I'm like, oh, we're fine. We are fine. We are fine. Dude, when they drop... When they finally drop trials, it's gonna be it's gonna be like nothing. It'll be like nothing ever happened. It'll be like nothing ever happened. Oh, trials is back. Now obviously dosing and, and cheat prevention needs to be in place, but I'm telling you what, dude. It's so dadgum predictable. That's why I get frustrated. I'm like, can you guys not do this thing? Can you not do this repeated groundhog's day narrative where like, oh boy, there's nothing to do. Look, I played too much. Like can we stop this? Can we get off the merry-go-round? Can we instead provide feedback about structure, substance, quality, longevity, like reward incentives so like content improves instead of generic platitudes about being bored? 
You see what I'm saying? That's why I get annoyed. I'm like, come on. We're, we haven't gotten past this. We do this every time. You know? Like, that's why I dig down in and I'm like, take the obelisk. And if you take the obelisk and you put it in one of the guys, you go, yeah, seasonal grind. Yeah, seasonal grind. There's more stuff to do. There's more stuff to do. More people can come back. More people come back. Have more stuff to do. Like, I'm always doing that. I'm like, well, th- let's talk about what they could do. Like, oh, I don't know. Ada's frames. Lono, can you stop telling us about Ada's frames? And then what happens? Oh, the lectern. Ikora with Vex Offensive. <gasps> the menagerie. Oh, sundial. You see what I'm saying? Let's talk about let's talk about the systems and ways to invest in them and make them better. Get off these generic platitudes of it's boring, I'm bored, there's nothing to do. Like I I don't know. I I think that's a better way. That's why I've just continued like I'm going to use my platform to bring you guys in. What don't you like? What would keep you playing? What could we figure th- how could we make this better? How could we make this more like like we did with as as disappointed as I was in Legend Sundial. It's not helpful to be like, well, that's disappointing. Yeah, it's another fumbled ball. Yeah, good job, Bungie. All right, cool. I'm going to go play something else. Like, that's not helpful. Right? That's not helpful. It's just a broken freaking record. Sandwich. For a person who's getting back into Destiny, you're sitting at 917 power. Are there activities other than the weekly quest to give uh, plus uh, tier one power drops? looking for advice well this is where um leveling can be um thank you valiant for 39 months this is where leveling can be i think a little it isn't user friendly it's it's automatic and easy but i wouldn't say leveling is user friendly so if it it's so hard to explain okay you have eight pieces of armor armor god frick what am i saying you have eight pieces of gear (laughs) you have pieces of eight pirates of the caribbean find johnny depp no you have eight pieces of gear okay eight pieces of gear means if you're 917 you need eight points of power to become 918 and the easiest way to envision that is if you're 917 and all eight pieces of your gear become 918 now you're 918 right each piece of gear is not no longer 917 it is now 918 you got a plus one on eight pieces of gear you got eight points of level okay so you can min max your leveling okay you can min max your leveling because you need eight bumps so when you get a bigger bump on a certain piece let's say you're 917 and then all of a sudden you get a piece that's 920 you have three of your needed eight points are you tracking with me the difference between 917 and 920 is three so when you get a 920 drop you're you have three points of your needed eight this can help a little bit because then you can start to drag other pieces you're 917 but you might have pieces that are 914 913 whatever so if you get 917s to drop on those slots you're 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 min maxing just do milestones and play the game end of answer incorrect you can min max 
you can round out you can do what's called gap filling before doing a milestone this is where it gets a little bit complicated if you want to look it up get on your phone or something and look up like uh, there's calculators out there I think you can find where it's like a leveling calculator you punch in all your gear you're like well I got a 913 primary and a 920 secondary you punch all that in and the game will be like okay you're 917.5 if you're 917.5, that means you're half of the way to 918. You've got four of the needed points. And then you can min-max. You can be like, okay, um, I need four points. I'm 917. I have a 913 mark. So then you can just try and get drops. You can go and grind stuff that's going to that's gonna drop loot at your level. And then it can it can min max. So you can min-max. It's just uh, it's just they don't really explain it, and it's again. Wishwash's answer is kind of it. I mean, if you just play into your milestones, you level up so fast. If you hyper-focus on it, you kind of don't need to. Right? There were a couple times I would do that. I'm like, oh, before reset happens, let me go see if I can get some drops to round myself out to 940. So anytime I do milestones that week, I'm getting bigger drops. They're going to be dropping at 941 or 9... You know what I'm saying? So... Side quest. I honestly just started to dive into the sundial stuff the other day. I noticed the weapons being offered are the same that are offered in Osiris Warmind Destination Triumph, so I'm, uh, I was pumped to have more streamlined approach to Wayfarer. But after receiving the first weapon, I noticed that they don't count toward your collection screen for Osiris's weapons. Is this your diary? Do you believe this is the purposeful design or an oversight? It's probably a database mismatch side quest because they're not the same weapons. They're not the same weapons. If you go to the collections, it's actually a different weapon. It has a different icon. It's 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 in the database as, as a different weapon. Now I don't know if that's an oversight, or if it's uh, uh or or if it's how they intend it to be. I, I have no idea. You'd probably want to go to the Bungie help forums for that. Contrary to to some weird opinions and 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 rumors out there. I don't work for Bungie, so <laughs> I don't know. It, it more than likely is a database issue. The game's database might need updated to say, no, those weapons are the same in our mind. That's fine. You can get Wayfarer. Because um, the old ones were static rolls. So if you go to the collection, the gun's in there twice. The same is true for the old-fashioned. Like, you go if you go into collections and you go to weapons and then you go to hand cannons, there's an old-fashioned right up here. It's like what the frick and it's got no icon on it and then I scroll over here and then there's an old fashioned with the saint 14 icon it's a completely different weapon open legendary engrams and earn faction rank up packages is the source what's it actually say on the other one I don't know if it even says different text oh it has the same flavor text okay same flavor text on the source but still as far as the database is concerned um as far as the database is concerned they're different items so uh TX Blue, would you be fine with just uh, campaign strikes and seasonal content going forward with no hard end game content? Well, we we've gone round and round on this. I don't want to revisit this too much. I don't think they're feeding hard. En- Th- this is well, this is a point I haven't made today, but it needs to be made. End game does not equal really really hard. Okay, I think that's I think that's a mistake that a lot of people have made. End game does not equal really really hard 
end game is literally what you do once you're sort of done with the main game and the main game typically is you just level up and play the campaign and now the end game is a loop grinding for weapons god rolls armor pieces whatever so end game honestly most of the time is more of a loop than it is a hardcore difficult challenging like destination Pretty much the entire game is endgame at the point the way they've kind of set it up. I mean, everything is part of an endgame loop for you. Personally, I think the game should change once you're at max level. I love that when you hit 900, the game changed, the map changed, all these different things. I had been saying that for such a long time. I'm like, dude, when you when you get to a certain level, the game should just change. And they did that. Once you hit 900, pfft, All of a sudden, there was all these milestones to do. I think once you hit 950, something similar should happen. Like, the whole map should change and new pursuits should open up. Milestones should convert to something else. Maybe milestones should convert to, like, weekly weapon pursuits. So, like, the weekly reward for strikes is is an old-fashioned. So you're not running it for a a milestone that you don't need. You're running it for an old-fashioned. So you'd come over the milestones for that week and be like, well, I'm 950, so all these have now converted to some form of a loot pursuit. That'd be another way to just kind of gear people's minds around like, oh, I'm chasing loot now that I'm at max level. I think the game should go through another change when you hit 950. It changes when you hit 900 and it should change again when you hit 950. I think there should also be bounties and like if you're going to put weapon frames in Shaxx and Zavala, which I think eventually they're going to do that. If you put weapon frames at Shaxx and Zavala, those should only be available when you hit 950. That's like an end game loop. So you're training the player at that point. A new player's like, oh, I'm not 950 yet. There's all these things I can't do. There's weapon frames, there's bounties, there's pursuits. Okay, well, now I'm in the early game, milestones and leveling. It's all very easy. It's very basic. It's not hard to hit 950. Boom, I hit 950. Cool, I've now tipped over into new activities, new pursuits, new frames, things like that. Like min-maxing my armor. Like, that's the end game, ultimately. I mean, listen to what Luke Smith says when he says they want to lean into making it more of an MMO. They want to give you more stats and more customization on your armor. That's end game, min-maxing, and then god rolls. Now, there's two parts to that equation. If I'm going to min-max and go for god rolls, min-max my armor and stats and go for god rolls, I need a context where that can shine. And this is where Difficulty Spectrum has not landed in an excellent way in the game yet. They're close, but they haven't quite hit it. Nightmare Hunts at Master were were like a glimpse into where this game can go. When you go into Master Nightmare Hunts and you're actually under Delta, they need to consider Aspirational Challenging Spectrum needs to potentially maybe even ignore your, your artifact so you can actually be under Delta or just use Contest Modifier. So I go in and I see swords and it's really tough. I got a min-max, my stats, my recovery, what am I what am I running? This god roll on this gun is actually helping me now. The faster reload, the, the damage perks, the whatever is actually having an impact on the game. So now I have a context to go into min-max. And then you just have to come up with the concept of not only that, but then a loot reward. Like, why am I running that really, really challenging content? These are questions that Bungie should be putting on a dry erase board, okay? What content are we giving people that requires some min-max and some god roll? Not that requires it, but definitely is the context where it shines. And secondly, why are they running it? Why would I run a Master Nightmare Hunt? They figured it out for Nightfalls, but it needs to go further than that. That's why Legend Sundial fell on its face it's like there's no reason to run it so 
that's me saying like look they got to feed the top 10% they got to feed the hardcore players but at the same time like there's there's not a lot of them so they don't probably have a a high priority right now they're just they're not a high priority there's other things that they have to focus on for $10 content that is that is largely not super substantive it's more it's more middle of the road content uh, Von Buggy with six months. Thank you. That is a purple badge for half a year of support and two months from I'm Too Fabulous. Love this channel so much. Uh, to be honest, I feel like you've come a long way. Even though I started viewership with hate, uh, with you saying Crucible was going to be removed. <laughs> well, they've all but removed it, right? I mean, man, oh man, they they certainly haven't. They certainly have made it easier <laughs> to continue to believe they're going to remove it. They're not going to, but like to me, it felt like they were getting ready to remove it. They were doing like nothing for it, and they've kind of continued that trend. Unfortunately for our poor Crucible brethren, they've done very little for Crucible. Uh, J2J squared. Uh, with the smaller seasonal drops that we're getting, what long-term project do you think Bungie could be working on? Fall 2020 DLC crossplay, Destiny New Engine. Um, I know Noseworthy said they want to do crossplay. I think there's too many technological barriers between doing that. Crossplay will probably be a standard in D3, but not in D2. And then, yeah, there'll be a pretty big DLC in September. I believe we're going back to the Dreadnought. I believe Savathun will be the antagonist. I believe the Galahorn will return at that time as well to be the big crescendo final big DLC sale of Destiny 2. And then we'll enter the final year of Destiny. If that's not the final year of Destiny, I, I don't know where they're going to go. I don't know how much they're going to be able to add. They're going to run out of space in the game. We know they want to bring back the Dreadnought. They made that clear. They know the Dread. We know the Dreadnought was slated as DLC for Destiny 2, so I would imagine that's going to land in September of this year. Next question from SideQuest. Did you ever take the time to get the hush? No. I started too long ago. Uh, it's a lot of bow kills and gamut worth it. I'm not a big bow guy, so no. I didn't go for it, and I'm also... I despise Gambit. Uh, Tin Man, do you think Bungie should stop ruining surprises for the player? Example, Cade's gonna die, Saint-14's back. Here are the exotics for next season. I think these would be nice to discover by playing the game. Well, unfortunately, um, with data mining, it's not really possible to do that, so I actually like the fact that they let us know things ahead of time, and we can celebrate or get excited or be sad as a community, like, all together at the same time with a trailer. I, I, it's weird to say this, but I, I, I really think the data mining Reddit world and the streaming world has really changed things, and so I think it's totally fine for them to be like, this is coming and this is happening, and we get excited and celebrate that as a community, as opposed to it being spoiled or ruined by data miners or trolls in Twitch chats and stuff. And I know you're going to be like, but Lono, you said that Reddit and Twitch and all that, you said that that's a minority in the community. Sure, and that same minority in the community is generally the ones watching the trailers and stuff. So it just makes more sense for casuals and hardcores and Reddit readers and, 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 and Twitter spammers and Twitch chatters. Like we can all celebrate and or be sad, you know, all together at the same time. Um, so I think that's fine. I don't have a big problem with that. I think people maybe overstate the nature of that being like being having it spoiled. Um, it's just I don't think I don't I, again I think that gets overstated. I don't think it's that big of a deal. So we just answered close to fifty questions. Uh, I'm gonna keep on streaming. We can keep on discussing it. I know there's people that love to debate and disagree with me. We've been doing it all day. It's been a freaking blast. Uh, so if you're here right now, remember to click the follow button. Remember to turn on notifications. Uh, I'm gonna do an outro though for people that listen elsewhere. If you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, you can always catch me live at SayNoToRage.com. As always, please like, share, and subscribe. <laughs>